Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Reaching the Summit podcast. My name is Todd Buckingham. You can find me on Twitter at Reach Summit Pod. Joined today by Zachary Dosh, and you can find me at Zachary Dosh. And full disclosure, uh, both Todd and I are Vikings fans. We have the game going on in the background. So if you just hear some random expletives being yelled in the background, you know why. Yeah, it, it's not our passion about uh, new commissioners or anything like that, that we, we, it'll, it'll be <laughs> something bad will have happened to, you'll be able to play back. It's 8.06 central time right now. So you'll be able to figure out what in the game might be a fun game to play. What happened in the Vikings game with that? Yeah. Expletive. yeah. But, and, and we're typically joined by, by Greg Steeman. Greg is, is doing some uh, broadcasting today, so he's unable to join us today. So you've got just Zach and I, but uh, Greg will be back next week. Yep. All right, so Zach, we'll, we'll jump into just a few news and notes, and then we'll go through the games from this week. And then I have many questions from the message boards and from Twitter that I'll pro- we probably won't get to everything, but we can always ask additional questions next week as well. Yeah, that's great. I'm really looking forward to that. I, I, I kind of had a... A second, just to kind of look over the questions before we started, and uh, a lot of good stuff out there. I'd love to do more of this, quite frankly. There's just so much to talk about. You just don't know where to start sometimes, and so right. you know, it, it definitely helps if we better understand what our listeners want us to talk about too. So um, definitely some good topics that we haven't touched on as much as I'd like. So we'll definitely spend some more time on that. And the timing couldn't be better because obviously the schedule is light this week. So. Right. Yep. Yeah. Well, and that's the first news uh, item of of the the podcast. Several teams out with COVID um, this week. We got South Dakota, Kansas City, and who am I forgetting on the men's side? North Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota. Yeah. Out out this week. Um, my only real new from my end only news on that is that I just it's gonna happen. Some. Uh, it it just is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to really start talking about this topic without people, you know, maybe twisting some words or taking it the wrong way or thinking we're insinuating something. I promise this is a 100% apolitical podcast. Um, It's basically the only thing I can say is, you know, from when I would talk to the coaches, everybody's um, okay, you know, like nobody really has uh significant symptoms or anything like that and so you know i i don't i don't know we'll, we'll see if um some of the protocol changes you know i know the, i do know the summit league and the majority of the conferences follow like a lot of the nfl and the nba and, and stuff like that's protocol because they have more resources than the summit league and they're more plugged into people that are supposedly monitoring things and, and whatnot and um so, and, and we do know that those other leagues have been fluctuating in terms of their rules. Uh, and so maybe that happens in the summer league. Maybe it doesn't. Long story short, you know, a couple games will can- were canceled this weekend and uh, we're moving on. You know, I really don't know what else there is to say other than just like you said, Todd, it's, it's going to happen. And I don't know. There's nothing really to say about it. I mean, I wish there's more to talk about, but there really isn't. So, yeah, just enjoy what's there. Nobody's ducking yeah. anybody that hasn't come out yet much this year, but as, as soon as a South Dakota yeah. were to miss a South Dakota state, that's what it would. Um, it just is. Uh, if you, yeah. if you're not aware of how 
many more people are testing positive right now than even last year. I, I think you're under a rock. Like it just is, it is more. Yeah. I, my entire yeah. workforce at one of the sites that I work with, we, we lost about 70% of people out for 10 days quarantining. Yeah. Like it's just the way it is right now. But I guess the big, biggest thing is, like I said before, nobody's really, it doesn't sound like anybody's really experiencing any severe symptoms or anything like that. Or everybody's safe. Right. Yep. Um, you know, relatively speaking. So, yeah. And, and that's really what's important. I mean, yep. it, yes, it stinks to miss a basketball game here or there. The good news is teams that miss are likely going to make it the rest of the season, season without missing because they, they shouldn't have to, they'd test positive again if they tested again. So, mm-hmm. Hopefully that's the case anyways. So uh, another piece of news, uh, Noah Friedel missed the North Dakota State game as well. Uh, Not really much on our end to report with that. I am aware of a little bit what's going on there, but I frankly just don't think it's anybody else's business. So we're just not going to go into it. But uh, yeah. And and that's fine with me. I mean, there's nothing to really, I mean, I think everybody can kind of read the tea leaves of what's going on here. Right. there's nothing productive about discussing it any further. And uh, it's a situation between the player and the coach and the program and not necessarily us. They don't know. They don't owe us an explanation, but he is clearly out and um, SDSU is rolling right along. Not that winning and losing matters in situations like this, but um, they're, they're rolling on. They're rolling on. That's all I'll say. Yep. And then the only other thing I had on the notes was it was I found it odd and I would watch the game, but Shane Weaver only played two minutes against Omaha. I did a little bit of digging. He no injury or anything because I was confused. I didn't see him get injured or anything like that. He got two early fouls, and frankly, the game got so far away from Omaha that they just gave him the night off. So, yeah, I heard the I heard the exact same thing. I mean, obviously this wasn't te- televised, but you know, even if it was, we wouldn't be missing any. We're missing anything really he, they literally he picked up early fouls uh and by the time that they were going to put him back in the game it was basically already decided i mean it was a 30 yeah. point game at half and so they just let other guys play and got him experience so that's basically it yeah all right so let's jump into to this week's games and we'll start out with south dakota state north dakota state zach i'll, I'll let you start off a great game as it always is and it looked for a while like it wasn't going to be in the second half, but North Dakota State uh, roars back. Douglas Wilson with a absolute ankle-breaking move to for a dunk to take the lead, and then a block at the other end to to secure the win. Uh, just your thoughts on that game? Well, it, it was just a you know it lived up to its it lived up to its billing, right? Of the of the yep. two of the better of the teams in the conference. Um, you know, this is kind of a theme this week. It seemed like whether it's South Dakota State or St. Thomas, like teams that just know who they are and do what they do, and they stick to that. They stick to what they do. They stick to the game plan. They have the mental and physical discipline to just keep doing it and not praying victim to the flow of the game. You know, right. for <clears throat> for whatever reason, like, like would you have guessed? <clears throat> okay, so if one team was going to make 13 threes and the other team was going to make seven, who do you think was who? Coming into this Dakota game, yeah, State yeah right. Thirteen, yep. yeah. And so it's it was obviously opposite of that, and so right. um, just a really, I just felt like North Dakota State just got away from what their advantages were. I mean, every team has plus 
you know, NDSU is one of the few teams actually that has some plus matchups against South Dakota State, and they didn't go to them. I mean, Rocky yeah. Cruiser, what did he have? One shot at half? Yeah. Like that, yep. that can't, that's two games in a row. No, that can't happen. It is two games I in a row. Yep. I, I, it, it just, you can't spot the best team in the conference a half nope. by not getting your best players involved. Grant Nelson too. I mean, everything that Grant Nelson gets is uh, within the flow of the offense. Nothing's ran for him, for example, you know? And so for whatever reason, North Dakota state just got away from attacking the paint. Um, they made a couple early threes and just kind of fell in love with the three. Um, in the second half, they did a much better job getting back in the paint, and that's how they got back in the game and uh, got into the bonus, and they did a much better job. Rocky Cruiser ends up with 17 points, right? Basically, all in the second half. They started the they started they started that second half with you know getting him a little catch at the elbow. He just rips, goes to his right, you know, foul and one. You know, that's that's exactly what we're talking about. It's not overly complicated. He's just not getting touches for whatever reason. They're just spending way too much time with Nelson and Cruiser on the perimeter. This is just all in my opinion. Yeah, I, I just see I see that as that's that's where their advantage is. And South Dakota State just was very straightforward. You know, they had Apple in the post, they had Wilson in the post, and they let him operate because NDSU wasn't willing to double. And then they just kind of picked their poison and they, they just stuck with it. Um forty eight points in the first half, right? And so the the other side to this is you can say, Well, Zach you know, North Dakota State was making their threes. So why shouldn't they want to play that way, right? I mean, they actually shot 45% from the three-point line. And so you can say, well, all right, they're averaging 35% on the year from the three-point line, which isn't bad. So they're shooting 10% better than that, and they still don't beat them. That's exactly why you can't get into this type of game with South Dakota State, you know? And so it's more about the style of play, shooting free throws, keeping your best players involved, getting the other team in foul trouble. Uh, we all we all know South Dakota State plays a short bench, and so I really feel like NDSU had some advantages that they didn't really take advantage of. They started to in the second half, and that's how they got back in the game. Um, but uh, no question, I think this rematch is going to be pretty good. I mean, clearly NDSU yeah. was starting to figure things out, um, but just a uh, heck of a situation. I mean, Zeke Mayo, the freshman, playing for yeah. 40 minutes. How about that? You know what Isn't I mean? that something? And being solid, yep. getting rebounds, getting assists, not turning the ball over. You know, six rebounds, four assists, zero turnovers, 40 minutes, shooting five and nine from the from the field. I mean, how about that? That, that That's impressive. That really impressed me. Luke Apple off the bench. I mean, there's just not really anybody in the conference that can guard him one-on-one in the post. And right. that's, what, that's what happens when you surround him with shooters. And so, I don't know, just a really interesting game. I, I was just really impressed with South Dakota State. They played – fairly well i don't think they played amazing or anything like that but they played fairly well and uh you know it's 90 points and a win on the rivals home court and so now they they start out the year with wins over ndsu and, and oral roberts um both of them were you know fairly convincing and so they're right on schedule and d- despite losing a 20 point per game score could any other any other team survive losing a 20 point per game score probably not but no the, and then you got Matt Mims coming in and putting in 13. Yeah, perfect yeah. from the field. Like mm-hmm. it just and you brought it up. The the part that I just don't understand. And I, I forever, whenever uh Rocky Cruiser and uh Grant Nelson have the ball near the rim, I'm gonna hear Zach from when we did the spaces, Twitter spaces during that game saying, Well, would you look at that? Um What's as, wrong as with they're that? scoring in 
What's scoring inside. Like about that? Yeah. And and the other part of that, and you brought it up a little bit, like just you know, it's not so bad if Douglas Wilson and Luke Apple have to sit for a little bit because they've got some foul trouble. Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, so yeah. Yeah, I just has a significant size and strength advantage. And so yeah. you know that that's basically it for STSU's front line. And so I, I mean if, if NDSU doesn't win the battle in the paint, I don't see how they can win the game. Like they just shot 45% from three and they still lost. I should tell you how much the battle for the paint matters. It's all those little, it's all the extra points, right? It's getting to the bonus. It's the offensive rebounds. It's the easy putbacks, things like that. I mean, the battle of paint to me. Okay. So the battle of paint was South Dakota state scored 52 points in the paint and NDSU scored 32. That's just unbelievable to me because not, not only that, but, Okay, so let's say we let's say you know Rocky's just having an off night or whatever, you know, Edie and Greasel can post up too. They have some right. pretty good matchups. You know, yeah, you probably don't want to target Baylor Shireman guarding him, uh, having him play defense in the post. But then the other guy is going to probably be guarded by Charlie Charlie Easley, Matt Mims, or whatever. Whichever right. one of those two is guarding, you should probably target them. So anyway, I don't know. It, it was just kind of frustrating to me to see that the team have this advantage and then not really take advantage of it. You know, you just um, but they, I think they really did figure it out in the second half. And, uh, like I said, you know, I'm looking forward to that rematch. It's going to probably be even an even better game than this game was. Um, so yeah. it, uh, but anyway, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough one to lose on, on your home court though. You know, it's a tough one. So, but. Well, and I mean, the betting money would just say, and they will, every single game between those two teams is, is like this, like at least at the end, um, but the betting money would say you lose the one at home and you're in trouble when you go to the other team's court. So it's just that's where it hurts North Dakota State a little bit more than, you know, otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought, you know, SDSU losing, Friedel, you know, being on the road. SDSU didn't have to have that one, you know. NDSU had to have it. They really did. And then they come on the first half and give up 48 points. So, you know, I guess it, it, it's plenty. It's plenty for Coach Richmond to kind of to to throw at his team in terms of, of of what to work on. And no doubt that NDSU takes pride in what they do. And I have no doubt that they'll get a lot of this stuff fixed. Um, right. But uh, you know, it was it was South Dakota State's night. Well, and I we have one question that I think fits to to just talk about now since we're talking South Dakota State, from Rabbit Farmer on the SDSU message board, asked, do we think David Wingett and uh, Matt Mims are gone after this year? Uh, do, do you think, the, you know, those I, are sometimes the types of players that do move on from the North Dakota States and South Dakota States of the world, but. Well, so the, the first thing I'd like to say, like regarding all players, I really don't like to speculate on who will transfer. Um, Fair enough, yep. I, I just, I just, I, I understand the question. A hundred percent do. Uh, maybe I'll say this. I think Matt Mims is probably a starter in the league. Yeah. I think he's starter on more teams than not. Um, but we don't a hundred percent know what he wants out of his career. You know I mean? He's getting shots here. Right. Um, you know, and so I don't, I, I really don't want to say that a player should transfer other than he, he's a very capable player. Um, right. And this is, you know, especially with the top half of the league, 
it's more about an opportunity for the players than anything else. It's not about how good they are. Clearly, Matt Mims is a good player. I think David Winget could play for a lot of teams in the league too. You know what I mean? And and so, but you just don't. I just think it's kind of poor form to just say, "Hey, this player should transfer. That that player should transfer." You know. Um, so it's just going to come down to what's important to them. Um, right. We'll, well, I'm sure we'll and talk an about transfers more later, but yeah. Interesting game to talk about too, because to talk about that subject, I mean, Matt Mims played a pretty critical role as North Dakota state was coming back in that game. And, and uh, you know, it's just so hard to even speculate on some of that because if we just look at basketball, you know, it's a little easier to say, well, this guy could get more minutes here or what have you. Well, you know, even though it doesn't always feel that way, these young men are students also, they may have girlfriends, they may have whatever um, that that keeps them to to where they are. Uh, so that decision is so much deeper than how many minutes am I getting per game or or what have you. Yeah, and, and I I did tweet out the list of all of a lot of the players that have transferred, and transferring rarely fixes a problem. Rarely, yeah. rarely, rarely ever. Um, I'm 100% in support of a player having that opportunity, but it is rarely the answer. Alex Harris could roll his ankle and Matt Mims could be playing 30 minutes a game next week. Right. right. You know what yep. I mean? Like, like yep. that's more likely, I mean, I don't want to speculate on injuries, but him finding his way in the lineup here is way more likely than him going to somewhere else and starting from scratch and, you know, getting a good opportunity and that team being worth a damn, you know? So, uh, you know, it, it, there, there's a lot of different ways to look at that. And I, and I think we probably will in, in future episodes and maybe on this episode, but you know, that's their South Dakota state. They have 13, scholarships to give and they're all extremely good players and only eight are going to play. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation, but you don't know how it's so, going to work out. So the other game on Thursday was Denver at Oral Roberts. And we're not usually going to be able to go through every single game that was played in a week. It just would be too much, but when there's only four, we can go through all of them. So Oral Roberts, and I'm going to miss on the exact numbers, but built up, I think an, 18 point lead Denver came back to tie it if not take a one point lead with seven minutes left and Oral Roberts won by 17 yeah um one thing that all I took away from it, it and and I know we've said this several times on the podcast this year but just Denver I, if that game's in Denver and they make that comeback that could be trouble mm-hmm. you know it was in in Tulsa so Oral Roberts kind of righted the ship and and won a game that they really do need to win at home. Um, and, you know, the only person in the league that can have a quiet at 24 is Max Acemas. Um But, yeah, it just continues to do what he continues to do. Any takeaways yeah, I, from that at all? Well, did, did was Coben Porter out? I'm guessing he might have been. Yeah, um, he was. Yeah, and I don't know. I do not have any information as to – I tried, but I have nothing yeah. on what happened there. Yeah, it looked like Denver was slightly shorthanded. Um, but, you know, I mean, honestly, I, I really like this win for Oral Roberts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know sometimes we're, we're kind of harsh with Oral Roberts. That's because we have high expectations for him. Um, but I think this was a good win for them because they didn't play particularly well. You know, right. I mean, they they had some turnovers. Um, I, you know, Max Asmus played fairly well. But this is the type of game, you know, for this one to finish at 17, um, I, I think this was a good win for Oral Roberts, uh, considering everything. So 
I mean, that they handled Denver, who has been a good team, who has won games, and they played okay. They played, you know, it, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting angle here to keep bringing Phipps and McBride off the bench. I like it, quite honestly, um, just because there's no team in the conference that really brings two guys off the bench like that. And it's, you do want to have something that nobody else has. And right. sometimes having this explosive bench is, could be really interesting. Um, you know, they're catching probably the other team's backups and they're better. I mean, those Phipps and McBride are absolutely starters in the league and are probably going to play starters minutes. And yeah. so I, I like what Oral Roberts is doing there. They seem to be finding themselves, um, you know, I think the, uh, their roles are getting clearly defined. So it, I, yeah. I like the game for Oral Roberts. Yeah. Yeah. Mc, McBride still played 25 minutes and, and I think played just about the same in the game on Saturday. Um, well, maybe was less just because of the way it got out of hand. Um, mm. You know, a preview to a question we will talk in more detail later in the, in the podcast, we were asked about players we think that are going to break out. Um, and I know we've talked about Isaac McBride plenty, but that he's going to continue to make some big impact plays um, for, for Oral Roberts. And I think we'll get more and more minutes as the year goes on. Yeah. I mean, if he was behind anybody except for Max Asmus, anybody else except for Max Asmus, I mean, he, we'd be, he'd be having huge stat lines. Huge. Yep. He's really hard to guard. I don't know. There's going to be a whole yep. lot of people in the conference that are going to be able to stay in front of him. Well, and I think I'm going to the, to the ORU St. Thomas game on Thursday. And I mean, that's where we find out I, St. Thomas, no matter what happens the rest of the year, like you have to be happy with what they've done. Yep. Um, but th- that's a real test at home with a team that should be able to take care of business at St. Thomas. But, yeah, uh, a team that plays like them, you know, they're right, not going to be necessarily right. catching them off guard by anything. So, nope. yeah, no, that, that's going to be fun. I'm glad you're going to get a chance to go to that one. Yeah, yep, I'm pretty pretty sure that's going to happen. The, the, yeah. We got the green light on kids staying up later, so I think we're in good shape. That's but, good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but, but, but um, speaking, of, speaking of St. Thomas games, how about the one you went to this last week, Western Illinois? How, like, give us a rundown of there because it wasn't on – I couldn't find it on TV. So yeah, no, it, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, they do I'm a, stream their games, um, St. Thomas on, on their, uh, team site. Uh, yeah. well, a few things I, that team, they've got to be the best first half team, if not in basketball. Unbelievable. It, it, it's I mean, off, it's just, the charts. so, I, so my, my question to you is what about what they do catches every team off guard? Cause like we're a couple games in, I could see the first one or two games like this every single game is like more than 15 points at halftime for these guys what about say what does st thomas do in the first 10 minutes to get this lead well and so i'll start out with something that we haven't probably given enough credit to although the metrics say defensively they're not uh very good and and probably not metric wise but given their roster like they're just in the right spot if a team gets flustered at all they're gonna be in the right spot and they got western all sorts of out of their their rhythm offensively and then they just everyone can shoot everyone yeah yorkland can shoot um 
the other bigger guy, dang it, I'm forgetting his name. Um, but the other big guy that Lindbergh? they've got, yeah. Headstrom, there we go. Yeah. Um, he can shoot. And then, and of course, Riley Miller can shoot. And they just space the floor so well. I don't know if in the first half they even tried to shoot inside. Like they go inside, but yeah. then they pass it out. And and they did a little bit more inside in the second half and really just kept the their foot on the gas and just for the first time with a big first half lead didn't give it up. But like they just can shoot so well, they space so well, and they're good enough defensively that you know, we talked about North Dakota State. I thought, why in the world is the tallest team in the Summit League shooting not trying to get the ball inside? Yeah, especially in the first half, they did in the second half, but then St. Thomas just kept uh, kept scoring, and so that that that's the only th- I don't know what they do that that catches people off guard because it's just space and shoot, yeah. and and Western Illinois was switching most of the time on screens, and I say most of the time because I think when they didn't, it was a mistake. And mm-hmm. so if you make a mistake, they're going to hurt you from the outside. And that happened just so often where somebody wouldn't switch or they'd, they'd, they'd switch too late. And then the person, the St. Thomas player would bury a three. Yeah. You know, to me, it's, I, I just love what St. Thomas does because they just control what they can control. Right. They, they make the right read. They have proper spacing and everybody has put the appropriate amount of time in the gym to be able to knock down shots like that. Like that's a learned skill. I don't care what anybody says. Nobody's born a good shooter. They've earned this. They've earned this and they're smart by, you know, like the right spacing, making the right read, just how far that takes you. Like just having the fundamentals down, how far that takes you. It's almost like it takes away the excuses from basically every other team in the league. Right. Like, yeah. Like, you can't tell me if, like, Omaha or some of these other teams, if they just had the same fundamentals as St. Thomas, they wouldn't be tremendously more successful. And so, you know, you just got to give them a lot of credit, you know, because they're, you know, all you can all you can ask your team is that they just do the, you know, reach their potential and do what they're capable of doing, and that and they do it. Um, yeah, heck well, of a and, deal. And, I mean, you know, one of the other things that was interesting just being there, I, I – well, if I'm being honest, I don't even know if it was the same gym the last time I was at St. Thomas. It was probably 20-plus years ago. Um, but there's a, a lot of hand-wringing at this level of the size of the gym. Yeah. And, you know, everybody wants their teams to build these 10,000-seat arenas. And I'm not saying 1,800, which is what I think St. Thomas's capacity is, is where you should be. But you get 1,000 people in that gym – and it sounds like 7,000. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just don't, I don't understand the push for some of these mid-major teams to build these giant arenas that, well, that are 10% full. I, yeah, I don't think anybody's in the, in the a position to be turning people away at the gates because they don't have a place for them to sit. You know, I don't right. think that's the case, you know? Right. Um, the way that, that gym set up, you can't get more seats in there. And my guess, they probably no. eventually will. And, you know, but uh, the, you know, the unfortunate thing is that it's, it's a new place. So, um, <clears throat> that'll be fun, but you know, I mean, it, it's a, it's a cool environment. I, I, it's a little bit more like a high school setup, but 
a little bit more intimate um, than anything else. And so, I don't know. I mean, geez, I mean, they're sure they're sure running right through the league right now. I mean, right. It's just a heck of a story. It's the story of the year right now. It's got to be the story of the year. I mean, there there can't be a person. I don't think even parents thought they were going to go eight and seven, two and one in conference to start yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, so it, it also makes you wonder how many coaches are not at the division one level that could just make such an impact. Like, well, yeah, I mean, and that's, I, I think where you're going with this is like at the division three level, you have to coach more, you know, at the right. division one level, a lot of it is, is just getting the right players. But, you know, you can't really rely on that at the Division three level. you got to be on point with your coaching and player development. Right. And then and then if you're good at that, and then all of a sudden you're in a situation where you can get better players, then what happens? You know, we're going to find right. that out real soon. Uh, what happens when you put, you know, athletically Division one players in tower system? I mean. Right. Hmm. Well, it even know. makes you wonder if they, with that great recruiting class, but losing some of the, the veterans, there's a chance they could win more games this year than next. Not that I, I they won't be do. great in the future, but yeah. like everybody knows Ben now is probably the most talented just on physical ability player on the roster, and he plays 10 minutes. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I 100% agree with what you're saying. Like, I think they're going to win more games this year than they are next year. Um I, it's always hard to know exactly where everybody's at for eligibility, but assuming right, that like right. Miller and Nelson and Bjorkland and some of those guys move on um, <clears throat> because like, this is a special group. Like don't right. underestimate the fact that these guys have won a ton of games and they believe they're going to win games and they have no reason to think that they won't like they, that's all they know is winning. And so they, right. nobody's told them they're not supposed to win games at the division one level. Right. And they're just out there playing basketball and reading the situation and knocking down shots. And that doesn't matter whether you're division three or division one. I've always said division three basketball is good. Like a lot of people really do not understand division three basketball. It is good, good basketball. There are a lot of players at the division three level that can easily be division two or even division one. It happens all the time every year, particularly at St. Thomas. Well, they Um, played against one in Western Illinois. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll we'll carry us. We'll carry us to Division Three player. Uh, kind yep. of, sort of. I mean, it technically was. And so, yeah. I mean, it, it's just it's just a different. Like some players go the Division Three route because they don't want to be doing two or three hours worth of workouts every single day, all off season. Some want to eventually go to medical school. Some want to study abroad. But they're still really good basketball players. And so the Division Three moniker is greatly misunderstood. Uh, there's th- those guys can play, man. So, did they? Do we ever think they'd have this much success? Maybe not, but it, it no, th- this is a special group. If there's ever a group to do this, it was this group. This is a special group, it's not just a special player, too. It's a special group that have won a lot and are very, very uniquely skilled and equipped to be able to deal with this situation. Well, and, and I think St. Thomas just jumped at the chance when it was available to move up. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. think that's what they're they, – they, they weren't waiting around for this group to become seniors, yeah. but they couldn't have been more happy that this is when it happened. Yeah, very serious. With this group. Yep. Yeah. All right, well, one last game, and we won't spend a ton of time on it because I think we do have some really good questions to answer as well. Um, 
Omaha at Oral mm-hmm. Roberts. Like we said, DeShane Weaver got two fouls in two minutes and then didn't play the rest of the game, which I had to then check to make sure I didn't miss an injury. It was just because the game got so out of hand that he uh, didn't need to play. Um, and so there's not a ton to talk about because it was so lopsided, but it just showed that to me, and it's so hard to compare North Dakota State's week playing at home against South Dakota State to um, or Roberts week against two of the teams that are probably going to be towards the bottom of the league. But I, it still showed me that we can't just say Oral Roberts isn't right in that group of three um, battling, especially since they played South Dakota state in Brookings. So tough. I I think they're there. They're there. That's it's one of those three at the end. Yeah. I mean, just when we thought Omaha was, was kind of turning the corner and just starting to, you know, get pointed in the right direction. They, they kind of no show here. I mean, right. Right. It is basically a no show. Um, Shane Weaver barely broke a sweat, you know, and um, (laughs) just just really kind of an unfortunate situation that they weren't able to give them a better look. Um, But, you know, I guess let's just give credit to Oral Roberts who went out there and handled their business, right? Two and all on the road. uh, That's solid. You'll always take that. You know, normally you're happy with a split on the road and they beat teams the way that they should be beat. And so there's something to be said for that. And um, you're right. Or Roberts is going to be there. I mean, nobody's going to say that they're not because they can shoot themselves into any game and out of any game. And so that's just going to be the way that they go. And, uh, you know, they're going to be there at the end of the year. Yeah. And I really don't have much to talk about on the Omaha side other than I just don't know what they have to hang their hat on. It's like, bizarre. Like, like when you see stuff like this, like it's one thing to get, like you get beat by 10, maybe 15, right? You know, because you just have saying a little hard time staying in front of Max Aceman, so be it. When you're down 30 at half, that's, there's something else going on. Like, I hate to say that, but you it, don't get down by 30 in a Division One basketball game if you're not, if something else isn't going on. It looked like Oral Roberts was playing Southwest Christian NIA or something. Like, I hate to even yeah. say that, but like, it was so easy. Yeah. I, I just haven't seen it. A team have such an easy time on the offensive end in our couple of years of doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just, yeah. It, I, I mean, I'd love to spend a whole episode on the fact that three or four of of Omaha's starters and three or four of UND starters are playing elsewhere. And I think Marlon Ruff is actually playing a little better. I mean, he's he's having a decent year, but you know, two teams absolutely decimated by the transfer portal and didn't rebound, uh, didn't uh, proportionally, you know, um, just, just a heck of a deal, you know, because I mean, we all know Darren Hansen can coach, um, but it just it, the roster just got decimated, and so it did. They're, yep. they're, they're trying to put the pieces together, and they don't fit right now. They don't, and that yeah, that's the hardest part. I just don't see where it changes. Yeah. I mean, there will be a game here or there, because yeah, I'm not trying to insinuate that they don't play hard or whatever. I mean, I I get winded walking up the stairs. Who am I to say? But it. It just doesn't fit. 
Like, I just yeah. don't know where the hope comes from, I guess. Well, I mean, these players were never supposed to have to be playing together in this manner. It was, this was never right. part of the plan, you know? And, right. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we could spend all day talking about that, but it's just, it's a tough situation with nowhere to turn. All right, well, we'll go into the questions, and I want to start with one we got from Twitter, from Andrew Andrew Jensen on Twitter. Uh, about And I, I previewed this by saying that I think Isaac McBride is my – but I, I would say he doesn't quite answer this question. Any players that you can think of that haven't maybe played a huge role that are going to break out going forward or just break out players in general that maybe they've played – a significant role, but they're about to break out and do some bigger things. Uh, to me, it's all about opportunity. It's just a hundred percent about opportunity. Like, like yeah. I said, South Dakota state has 13 guys on scholarship, all capable of being really good players in this league, but there's only going to be eight that play. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it's all going to be based on, you know, I hate to say it, but like injuries and things that happen that open up playing time for other players. There's a lot of players that could break out. I mean, Oral Roberts has several. NDSU yeah. has several. Um, you know, and but they, they there has to be the opportunity. It's all about opportunity. I mean, so are are you like? Is the question are there going to be players that break out that um, without something happening? And that you know, I think I think teams are getting pretty close to being having the rotation down. So I think what you see is what you're going to get for a lot of these teams. True. Um, but things can change very, very quickly, very quickly. And all of a sudden a player who hasn't played for a month, all of a sudden plays 30 minutes and does a good job like that. Right. Like that stuff is going to happen. I don't know. What do you think? Who'd you well, have? Who'd I, you have? Is there anybody I, that you have pegged? I would maybe go with the teams that we think will be just mixing up the lineup that yeah. don't have the lineup set. So like the problem with Omaha, we just talked about it. I, th- there'll be different players that get more minutes. I just don't know. There's no one that jumps out as someone that's going to take advantage of that, so to speak. But mm-hmm. with North Dakota, you've brought up his name a few times. Reed Grant could be a guy that yeah. has been a little I, bit under the radar right now, but starts to break out as, as things get away from the fighting Hawks a little yeah. bit. I really like what Reed Grant does. Like, I think their offense runs best when Reed Grant's on the, on the floor and he's a little bit bigger too. He's about six, three. So he's not, you know, the, the problem with UND and they, when they start two six foot point guard or two six foot guards is they get picked on on defense quite a bit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Reed doesn't there. And, you know, it's a situation where if the senior isn't giving you much, why not go with the younger guy who has more upside and is going to be around a lot longer. You know I mean? Yeah. There's that kind of that thought too, you know, I mean, then you have a, uh, all freshman backcourt and all of a sudden, you know, even though you're not winning as many games as you want, it's still a successful year because you have your backcourt established and you have three years in the future about, you know, with them. Right. So, yeah, I mean, th- th- that, that would be one, um, you know, Oral Roberts is tinkering with their front line, you know, yep. well, you know, Lufield, Clover, Sir Isaac Heron, it wouldn't surprise me to see one of those guys play a bigger and bigger role coming down the stretch. Right. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, NDSU has kind of tinkered with the lineup, lineup a little bit because they've had some injuries, whether it's Andrew Coleman or Andrew Morgan, um, kind of been in and out. I think those guys could 
play a little bit more. Um, although it's hard to say with, with Sam Griesel back. Um, and you know, they like to play a, a shorter bench generally, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm just trying to think here on the fly, you know, probably not much out of St. Thomas, um, you know, Western, I think they have their lineup. Um, they have their rotation down. So, uh, I'm not expecting a whole lot anymore. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you on the front court players with Oral Roberts. I, I'm really curious to see what they do going up against St. Thomas. Cause yeah. But again, they found a way that Western wasn't trying to beat them down low with George Dixon and, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, Barisic and Tamel Pearson and all the, the big guys they have there. So who knows what happens if they both just try to outscore each other, yeah. but that that's a group where I could see some moving things around. Um, you know what, one I just thought of, and it's only because injuries have slowed him down. Josiah Alec is still going to be Josiah Alec. And so it's been a pretty disappointing start for him. He's a very talented player and I, yeah. I think he'll be just fine. Yeah. Especially with the frontline situation for many teams in the conference, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he's going to have a, a very positive matchup in the majority of these games. Um, you know, I guess we have to be able to count Zeke Mayo in this breakout. I think, yeah. right? I think, yeah. we, I think we count him as one. I mean, he started out as really kind of a fringe guy and literally played more every game and the last game he played every minute. So Yep. Uh, I think he has to be one. Yep. Yeah, I agree with him, too, especially with Noah, Noah Friedel's uncertain situation. The minutes will only go up for, for Mayo. Um, it, the the Denver freshmen, too. Like they're, I think yeah. there will be a point where they start just saying, yeah. we're going to learn with these young guys. Yep, and that's why I was a little disappointed to see Coben, Coben Porter not, not in that lineup because he's, he's really – he's done a good job taking advantage of opportunities when they've been giving them to him, too. Yep. I mean, all those freshmen really have, and – and that, that's kind of the same situation as, as UND. It's just like, all right, well, if we're not going to go to the NCAA tournament, let's at least get as much experience as we can with our younger players, make sure that we know what we have, and then build on that going into next year. That's still productive. So Right. Yep. Yeah, agreed. So the, the next question I want to ask is from Old Titan from the ORU message boards, and I'll try to frame this as best I can. It was a long question. Basically saying – We've got the Midco that goes on to ESPN Plus, but it's all Dakota-centric. Why don't they expand to the rest of the league? Why don't they have a Summit League game of the week with with non-Dakota teams if they, if they were two of the better teams in the league? Um, yeah. I'll, I'll let you jump on that. Yeah, so um, I, I got to make sure I'm phrasing this correctly. So uh, I'm not I'm not speaking – as an authority or as like a representative of Midco, right? I'm just, I'm only an independent contractor. I just kind of show up, they turn the camera on and then I leave, you know, like it's not like I'm involved right. in the strategic planning of the whole situation. Um, but, and so everything that I say here is, is just kind of my speculation. I'm not speaking on behalf of anybody and, and it is just speculation. Um, but so the, the first couple of things to point out is, um, so Midco only has, uh, broadcasting rights with the Dakota schools uh, with basically UND South Dakota and South Dakota state. So, you know, when, when you see us talking about them a little bit more, when you um, see them on TV more, like that's why um, would, would Midco like to have every school be under their umbrella and just be like the, the, like the company that organizes all the broadcasts for the conference. Absolutely. 
Um, you know, so we're going to be actually interviewing Commissioner Fenton coming up here this week, I think, right, Todd? Yep. Yeah, this week. Yeah. So, so this is going to be, um, we're going to build on this question because this is a very, very important question. Um, because I do, I, I strongly believe that the fragmented coverage of the, of the conference is a big problem. And it's ultimately holding back the entire conference. I think the whole, it, it could be a much better product. Right now, we just have schools wanting to go in their own direction for whatever reason. I don't think every school is better off doing their own thing. Uh, it kind of, it, it diminishes the product because it right. makes it less available. You know, I mean, you're talking like, all right, you're going to watch a Denver game. You got to go behind the paywall, right? And nice. you watch the St. Thomas game. You got to go find where it's streamed from. It's, it's just, it's not convenient. And it, that inhibits them to be building that consistent audience. So, um, and for those of you guys that don't know, Commissioner Fenton, this is what he did in the WCAHA. Like he went out and developed this all encompassing product. And I, I, I don't know if they broadcast everything through the app or exactly how they do it. Um, but they did that. And so I fully expect them to replicate that in the summit league. And so it comes down to, all right, who's best to, uh, manage it. And I, right. I definitely think Mikko, I mean, Mikko has all the infrastructure to do it. So there's no reason that Mikko couldn't just do it. Um, but I think somebody is going to. And so it, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, for example, like NDSU decided to go into a different direction this year for their coverage. Um, I don't know that it was a hundred percent money related, uh, but there you go. Now it's, you know, some people, can watch NDSU better this year. Now, some people can't, you know, just because right. it's on a different channel. Yeah, it just kind of depends on where your coverage is. Like I know, like in Minneapolis, I obviously I don't think they get those, they, they get that cover that, that channel where they do get Midco, you know, Midco right. sports. So yep. um, there's a lot that goes into this. This is a very good question. It's something that we can, I'd love to spend more time talking about, uh, but just for the sake of all the other questions out there, I, you know, we could probably move on, but, it, there's no question that the fragmented nature of the coverage is not ideal. I do expect that to be changing in the future. I'd love to be able to pop around and do more games. Technology is improving where you can call games remotely and you could organize this in a relatively efficient manner, uh, but it has to get done and it has to be given um, a priority and, and, and focus to get it done. And I, and I really think that's going to be a big part of this new commissioner and he's going to get that done. Yeah, it, it did come up in his initial press conference. You know it's something that's important to him. I really do think it's if they want to – like nobody's pretending that the Summit League is going to become the, the whatever, Big Ten. But if you mm -hmm. want to start moving more towards being like the MAC or the M Missouri Valley, I, I think this is a step that direction. I, I won't add a ton to what you said, Zach, other than – and this goes a little bit into some other questions, so I won't. We won't have to ask them. But Kansas City going to the Missouri Valley, it's beginning to feel more and more like that's not going to happen. Um, Western going to the Ohio Valley, I've been told it's pretty much not going to happen. So, like, you've got the players there to to that to make this decision. Uh, Denver yeah. isn't going anywhere, but you've got these tricky things like D Denver with their broadcast rights with the altitude network that they'd have to get out of to, mm -hmm. to make this thing work. But the players, the teams are there. I, I don't think we're going to have the movement. I mean, Kansas city's not a done deal. 
um, that they're not leaving, but it's, it's my, the last week or so it's been feeling like that's not going to happen. Um, and so, you know, one thing with the new commissioner, I think he'll have come in with some big vision on some different things to do. So I think that there's a lot we don't know at this point too, but, uh, well, ha- having a rock solid media deal that actually generates a little revenue for these schools would be a great way to hold on to some of these schools to give them more of a reason to stay because, you know, the rea- reality of the situation, people keep talking about these schools to the Missouri Valley or the Ohio Valley because they logistically make sense. We just got right. done dealing with this with Purdue Fort Wayne and right. they basically had to make that move to the horizon because it was way cheaper. Right. And, and that that's a big part of what these schools have to deal with especially coming off COVID and it just makes more logistical sense to do that. Now, how you can overcome that. And I think you're going to have to overcome it to a degree when you're dealing with schools in the Dakotas, everybody's just more spread out regardless, but is create a revenue stream to help massage that a little bit, you know? Right. So, I mean, no, no, no question. This is all great stuff. And we're going to probably spend a lot of time with commissioner Fentanyl on this. Um, you know, how do you play offense instead of always playing defense, you know? Uh, and I, I think he has some good ideas and, and that's why I think he was picked to be the commissioner. So I, yeah. I cannot wait to have those discussions with him. Yep, exactly. So I'm going to add in a question and just give a quick answer to this. Cause I do want to get to a couple more of the listener questions, but it's just something that popped in my head. So what do we make of Western Illinois having looking so good in the non-conference and now, you know, a, a loss to Omaha, which what we've seen of Omaha other than that game has not been good. An overtime win versus Denver and then a loss to St. Thomas. Like, which yeah. team is more the Western Illinois that they're going to be the rest of the year? That's a good question. I mean, all of a sudden this loss at Omaha looks a lot worse. You know, and, and they were, they were never really in the game against St. Thomas. Right. I mean, St. Thomas got a lead and they just kept them at a arm's length. So that's two real bad games in a row. I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, it could just be the natural ebbs and flows. Um, They have the exact same players as when they were winning. So I don't, uh, I don't really know what to chalk that one up to. I, you know, the truth is usually probably somewhere in between, um, but is certainly raising an eyebrow, not just that they're losing these games, but how they're losing them. Um, right. I don't know. I Again, it, it's one of those teams that I have honestly, you know, the, the coverage of them has been kind of spotty. And so a lot of the stuff is just trying to read the tea leaves. But boy, I don't know. What do you think, Todd? I, I don't know. I, I will say, as we talk about them deciding probably not to go to the Ohio Valley, that bus trip to Denver and to Omaha and even St. Thomas, which is probably the closest one, like <laughs> if you were to ask Coach Jeter right now, he might be saying, let's let's go to the Ohio Valley. Um, so I mean, maybe the road. What, What's that? I mean, looking at the other way, why wouldn't they want to go to the Ohio Valley? Yeah, I don't know. That would make a lot more sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not that we don't want them in the Summit League, but it's the 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 road trips are tougher for them. So I'd like to see them at home, just to see what we get. Yeah. Um, but 
they're clear, in my opinion, they're just clearly not with the Oral Roberts, North Dakota State, South Dakota States. And I did genuinely think they were. Um, but I think we'll see similar baffling moments from teams like South Dakota, Kansas City. I just think they're in that group now. Yeah. St. Thomas, like as excited as we are about St. Thomas, there's going to be games where they get, it just, they get overwhelmed yeah. physically or what have you. Yeah. But uh, so I think they're just in that group. I think that's just what yeah. we're going to see. It just so happens they've, they've, uh, you know, been on the road for the first three games. Being on the road is Western Illinois is tough. I think they bust everywhere. I don't think they charter fly to Denver. So Oof. yeah, that's yeah a, that'd be that's, tough if they're not flying to those games. I guess I don't know that for sure, but I know they drive to Minneapolis and drive to Omaha and all those places. So it's just farther for them than most. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, all right. So on to a couple more listener questions before we have to wrap up for the, the time. Um, we didn't talk much Kansas city. So I'll ask this one from true, true to the rules on the Kansas city message board. Um, he has two and I'll let you have you answer both. Um, can the rules win the summit league tournament? And do we, where do we think some you St. Thomas will be four years from now? Um, so can Kansas city win the summit league uh, tournament? Um, you know, what gives me hesitation is not having Josiah Alec, yeah. as you touched on. You know what I mean? And yeah. can that open things up? Can they get some easy buckets with that? Because honestly, if Josiah Alec wasn't a part of the equation, I know you never say never, but I would say never. Like, yeah. I just don't think, like, they're just so limited on offense. And they're really good on defense, but they're just so limited on offense. I just don't know that you can do that three, four times in a row. Um, but you know, the Josiah Alec component is reason that you give them the, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt right now. And then, um, so the second part of that is where is St. Thomas in four years? Where, where are they in four years? That is a very, very good question. Um, I, I I've said from the moment that they were invited to the summit league, I think they're on a trajectory to eventually be Marquette. You know, yeah. I think that's, I think that's the direction they're going. And I don't see many barriers between them and Marquette right now, other than a few recruiting classes. Um, like, I don't want to sound flippant about that. And I know what type of bold statement that is, but, and, and I don't know if they even have the opportunity to be like a Marquette because there's no openings in any of these conferences. You know, I don't know. Um, but they have the capacity to do that. The, the Marquettes, the, even the Creighton, really. I mean, they they just it's it's that type of situation and structure in their athletic department, and also being a private school really helps them, uh, yeah. particularly in Minnesota. So, um, I yeah, I, I've nothing would surprise me with that program. Yeah, they're they're a uh, at least battling at the top of the Summit League. Yep. In, in four years, um, they're they're. Uh, They've got advantages. The private school part, it's a, it's a doing well private school and they, they're in a recruiting base that just is so open because yeah. there's no one else in their backyard except the university of Minnesota. So um, it makes it a lot easier. Um, I mean, Coach it, it, Tower it, it, has great relationships with the, with the high school coaches around because he's taken their third best player or whatever mm-hmm. before. So, you know, it, it's, it has a lot of similarities to the Oral Roberts situation. I mean, I think we can all 
agree that, you know, in terms of recruiting wise, Oral Roberts does about as good as anybody in the conference. I mean, yeah. really, they, they pull yeah, down they some do. really talented players. And for that same reason, you know, the St. Thomas situation is going to be very similar, um, except for, you know, St. Thomas only has one division one to battle with and not three. I mean, right. Oral Roberts still has three to battle with. So uh, I, it's just, it's the perfect situation uh, out there right now for St. Thomas. So and they want to go. They're ambitious. They're they're proud of that program, and they want to they want to push it, and they should be. So, yeah, they, yeah, they they should be especially proud of the football program after dominating uh, the Mayak for so long. <laughs> <laughs> just just trying to get the Johnny on the podcast going. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I won't take that cheese. Uh, we only have a couple <laughs> minutes left. I won't take that cheese. <laughs> There were still two Mayak programs in the Division Three playoffs this year, but uh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so one last question: What do we got left here? Yeah, we'll we'll do one more. Um, oh, I want to make it a good one if I'm going to ask one more. Um, oh no, I lost it. There we go. We got some time. Find it. Yeah, uh, we did. We we did find it. Um. Yeah. We don't have time to talk transfer, guys. I think we'll do that next time. Um, So we've kind of talked Summit League replacements. If teams were to leave, that was another question from the Kansas City message board. Yeah. Um, I'll ask one because I, I, I think we just don't have time for the transfer conversation with a couple of minutes. Is there any team that you see not Oral Roberts, North Dakota State, South Dakota State that could make a legitimate run to finish in that top three? You know, I I really don't. Like, I, I hate to say it. Um, I really don't. Like, I, I, I think some of these these teams have, you know, it could be a relatively high floor, but I just don't see, I just don't see South Dakota going out there being able to beat NDSU and, and SDSU in consecutive nights. You know what I mean? Because that's basically what right. we're talking about here. Right. You know, yep. uh, you know, maybe something could happen and they could get one of them, but I just don't see them being able to do it twice. And, you know, and the same, the same thing with Kansas City, like, what are the chances that they score enough points to be both of those teams back to back? That's really, like I said, that's what it takes. And so, I mean, Western Illinois, I thought so. Um, I still think, I still think Western can be a good team. I, you know, who knows what the heck is going on there? Um, they have the personnel to do it. Like Western actually like man for man matches up with SDSU and NDSU <clears throat> as better as anybody. And so I still would have to think it would be Western Illinois, despite uh, what the last two weeks have shown. But, you know, that's about it, I think. Well, and my my answer is the same as yours. I don't think it's anybody anymore. But if it were to be somebody, it has to be Western Illinois, especially if we're talking who could run through the tournament. Yeah. And do it like they just. Uh, what I will say about Western Illinois after watching them live, if they're going against a high-level scorer in the in the backcourt going forward, I'd be surprised if J.J. Flores doesn't play a lot. Um, yeah. They really struggled perimeter defense, and uh, he can defend that. It, so I I could see him playing a lot more. 
I, I just think Western's the only one with really the talent to pull off some surprises. Like yeah, that. I mean, we've seen Carius, Sandage, and Masner all have huge games, right? Usually yep. not together, but that's there's nothing saying that maybe two of them can't get 25 points. You know, I think that's the right. formula. Two of those three get 25 points, and they can beat anybody probably. Right. Um, but but that just hasn't really happened. So again, and, and there and, and there's good coaches with the other teams that we are saying can't do it. So it's not that they don't have good coaches, but Western isn't just a talented team without a good coach. Like yeah. Rob Jeter's a good coach and, yeah. and has proven that time and time again. So I, I think that, that there's a way for that talent to be utilized like it was earlier in the season. So mm-hmm. if there were a team, it would be them. And the beautiful thing is, you know, again, you hate to speculate about even injuries and stuff like that, but there's a long way to go here. Like right. weird things happen with rosters and um, right. it can stir the pot quite a bit. And so that's why you have to just keep fighting and keep grinding and you just, you just never know where things have happened. So, um, you know, it's just, it's such a precarious thing to have that, you know, it's all comes down to a, a, a single elimination tournament in Sioux Falls, you know, it's just, right, right. you just weird things happen, man. And so you just keep playing and keep getting better and keep trying to give yourself the best possible situation. Cause you don't know. I mean, a win or two may fall into your lap and then who knows? One shining moment. Yeah. Well, and, and one last thing I'll say on that is if we were to, you know, there's no team I'll cheer for or not cheer for in the summit league tournament. Like I just love the tournament. Um, But if we're wanting teams that could really give teams trouble in the NCAA tournament, those are the four like there's Western Illinois is the only one that could be added into that other group of three that could really do some damage against a team not prepared for them in the big tournament. Yeah, that is fair. That That is fair. It's a big win for the conference. If whoever wins the conference is able to win a game or two in the NCAA tournament again, like that's right. just, yeah, it was just huge for the conference last year. We, we do need that. We want yeah. that. It's, it's not that I would be mad if North Dakota made it or whatever, but I yeah. just think it's, it's, it is good for the conference staff teams that can make something happen yep. given the right situation. Yeah, that's a fair point. All right. Well, we've got a few questions for next week. We've also got an interview with uh, Commissioner Josh Fenton for next week. So it'll be a little compa- compacted on on listening to Zach and I, which I'm sure some – and Greg. Um, so some of you would say is a good thing. Others would be disappointed by. Um, but we'll wrap up for this week, and I'm really looking forward to our interview this week and uh, getting to share that with everybody next week. Yeah, we'll be posting on Twitter asking for questions of what you'd want to talk about with, with Commissioner Fenton. There's obviously a hundred different ways that we could take that interview, but we're super excited about that. He's very willing to come on the podcast, and so uh, that's a big deal. We want to make the most of that. So if you guys can think of any creative questions, we'd be all ears on that. And then, you know, that Twitter space is for the games. Um, you know, like yeah. I'm I'm off again this weekend uh, because UND's on the road, and so I'll be around. You know, uh, we'll get one of those going again. It seemed to be a good time. We'll just kind of continue to build on that. I mean, you know, it's all stuff that we'd be doing anyway. So um, this seemed to work out well. Well, and I might actually hand off because I'll be at the St. Thomas Oral Roberts game. So it'll be tough for me to do it. Yeah. But uh, I might just I hand off the, the Reach Summit Pod Twitter account to somebody that can get it going too. Might be just as easy. Sure. 
But uh, yep. but yeah, we I, I think we'll make that an every Thursday thing. So if those of you that don't know, Spaces on Twitter is basically just a time where people can chat. Um, yep. And in it's a, like group a big setting. Call. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a, it was a bunch of fun the one time we did it. We'll probably be a little more honest with our, or not honest, but uh, more open with our opinions on different things during that time than we would in the uh, podcast. Um, so, and boy, I'll tell you what, it, it wasn't just Zach and I. People came on and had some great stuff to add in yeah. too. So, yeah, it's great. But with that, we'll wrap up this episode and we'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks, everybody.